2: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Hello, my name's John Markham.
3: Hello, my name's Rachel Downey.
0: (laughs) And welcome to the Driven Chat Podcast. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Welcome to this week's Driven Chat Podcast, which is going to be an exciting one. Because Rachel and I, well, we're walking around on a lawn in the grounds of a palace surrounded by rather luxurious cars and supercars and classic cars and hypercars and hybrid cars and hydrogen cars because we're at Salon Privé and I'm excited because once again I'm at an event where, for the first time ever, Rachel's attending. Welcome to your first ever Salon Privé, Rachel.
4: Well, thank
3: you very much for allowing me to be your sidekick here. It's, uh, it's very beautiful, isn't it?
0: It is a nice event, yeah. It is very early in the morning. We are, we are still, as I speak, we are currently following a crowd of people. We're being led around uh, like sheep, the sheep of the journalistic world, being shown some cars that are being unveiled here on the press day. So we're currently here on the Wednesday, very last day of August today, which is making me quite sad. But it is very hot and sunny and it's looking like it's going to be a lovely day and uh, yeah so today we're going to be walking around we're going to be talking to a few different people from the uh, media world from the car world we'll be talking about some cars that are being unveiled here so you'll hear voices from all over the world and uh, yeah we'll bring you lots of lovely jargon and content from Salon Privé 2022 Rachel are you excited?
4: I'm very excited.
3: I want to make sure I enjoy and utilise everything that's here at Salon free Bay. <laughs> By that, do you mean the free champagne? I do indeed.
2: <laughs> so, good morning. My name is David Bagley. I am the director and one of uh, two brothers, Andrew and David, that set Salon Privé up 17 years ago. Well, we're here at Blenheim Palace, where we've now been for the last eight years, and today is the opening day of our 17th year.
0: David. Thank you. It, firstly, it's so wonderful to see you because we've known each other now for, I try to think, possibly about 10 years, I guess, since we've been, uh, oh, I've been attending Salon Privé events since they were back in London at Scion Park. We're now at Blenheim Palace, as you say, this beautiful surrounding. Rachel, who's joined me here, this is her first ever time at Salon Privé, which is quite a big thing, isn't it, Rachel?
3: Yeah, it's a big thing. So, high expectation <laughs> uh, today. Um, and yeah, I'm... I'm already intrigued. First question I just want to ask you, why London Palace? Why did you decide?
2: Why did we decide to come here? But so, as John said, we've known each other for a long, long time, haven't we? We launched at Hurlingham Club um, 17 years ago. Essentially, we outgrew the Hurlingham Club after five years. We then moved to Scion Park because we wanted to stay in London. We felt we needed to be in London. Um, but then after another five years we'd outgrown Sion Park and there wasn't a venue big enough for us in London or or, or prestigious enough for us in London and by that time the brand was established enough and we felt that we could actually move out of London and, and, and not just survive but grow and develop the best place, I mean, it's regarded as Britain's greatest palace. I don't think there's anything better than Blenheim. Um, so we were we were thrilled when the, 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 the then 11th Duke said, agreed to us, come here. And um, we've been here ever since. It's just the most amazing venue because we have the full support of the Duke, who is our great friend and patron, um, the palace officials, the palace staff. They, they give us such support and it's such a flexible venue here that we can just grow and grow and grow each year. And all of our international clients that come to Blenheim They can't believe that they're in the grounds of Winston Churchill's birthplace. You know, the clients love it, the guests love it. It's just perfect for what we do. It really
0: is. It's such a fantastic setting. And what I love coming back each year is seeing how it grows each year in size, in capacity, in the manufacturers you've got. We've just had Hennessy unveiling a car here just flown in from Pebble Beach in California. How does that feel for you now, thinking back to the humble beginnings of the event, to have manufacturers like that flying their cars in to unveil
2: them here? it's amazing I mean I am still the the kid in the sweet shop you know with this event it's my passion and it's my brother's passion and you know we were in Monterey last week with the the Hennessy the Hennessy guys and um, we share so many clients with Quail and with Pebble Beach what tends to happen now because there are Motor shows are a dying breed, you know, Geneva's not happening next year, the big conventional motor shows clients, premium brands don't go to anymore, you know, they don't want to sit there in a fishbowl and, and just sort of keep people away from their cars, they want to come to an event like ours where they and their guests, their customers can fully experience, see the car, hear it, drive it, you know, and, and you know, they want to meet a handful of clients as opposed to, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of them but it's it's great because Blenheim is so perfectly located that it attracts people from throughout the UK so it's not a localized event at all you know it's very easy to drive to very easy to fly into as people have done already this morning so for the manufacturers it's a great opportunity for them to come in and meet you know a, a wide geographically wide sort of cross-section of people but it's great to get I mean I love Hennessy as you do John (laughs) I know I mean I know John Hennessy ever so well and um, I remember when they came to Sion Park the first time about nine years ago with the the Venom GT and there was this kind of crazy you remember the crazy Lotus Exige and this guy had taken chopped it in half taken a 1.8 litre engine out replaced with a 7 litre V8 and it was just A crazy monster wasn't it (laughs) and now he's back with a car his first truly Hennessy designed car so it's a new start for those guys but we've got a lot of other manufacturers as well new there's Diaz automobiles that are here which are it's an Austrian Austrian company Um, technology by Williams in the UK designed by Ital design so it's a sort of tri-national collaboration if you like Engler from Slovakia Um, obviously Rolls-Royce launching here Range Rover launching their PHEV as well. So it's 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 great that all the manufacturers now you know. I think you know Goodwood gets its fair share. We you know we get our fair share as well, which is a there's a few things left over for us.
3: Um, and explain the days. It's five days, Prive?
2: Five days. Yeah. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are our full hospitality days. So we kind of Brand each day differently so that it sort of has a different appeal. So it's not just a, a five-day event. So day one is judging day. So you'll see all the guys today with their their panamas all <laughs> judging. And these are, these are international judges. So there's about 47 of them. These are Pebble Beach judges. So these guys were all in Pebble last week. They're the best of the best. So our event, best of the best, our event is now one of a group of eight Concour events worldwide who are part of the Peninsula Classics best of the best group. And what essentially happens is the best car, the winning car of each of the eight, goes into a separate competition and the winning car is then crowned best car essentially of the year at Retromobile in Paris in February. So these guys, literally, they are... they're walking encyclopedias. They absolutely know everything. So today's Concorde judging. Tonight is Concorde gala dinner in the Long Library, which would be great. Tomorrow is... uh, uh, best, uh, t- tomorrow's Churchill Judging Day, so tomorrow today is more um, more of an official judging day. Tomorrow is more aesthetics. Um, the Duke of Marlborough has his award. Uh, we have different design designers come in, so Merritt Reitman, uh, Russell Carr from Lotus, all the big guys come in, uh, and it's very much more of a sort of stylized judging day tomorrow. Friday is Ladies' Day, Boodles Ladies' Day, uh, and it is like Royal Ascot. It's like Ascot Ladies' Day at Ascot, but it's just you know, so it's it's very colourful. It's very bright, lots of hats, and Boodles give a piece of jewellery at the end of it to the best hat. Um, Saturday then is club day, so we have all of the official car clubs, Ferrari Owners Club, Aston Martin Owners Club, um, Bentley Owners Club, Porsche, etc. 11 selected clubs that all have paddocks out on the North Lawn, um, so the the, the event kind of spreads from South Lawn to North Lawn. about a thousand or so cars that come in on the Saturday, and then Sunday. Sunday's crazy. Sunday's our one public day, so last year we introduced what we'd call live on the drive, and the Duke has has is forever saying, "Look, guys, you know you can do this, and you can do that, and you can expand, and you can bring it to life, and everything." So we have a kind of hill climb in reverse. We have a downhill. Um, so literally, from the north gates down we have this it's not a timed competition but it's a sprint so it's an opportunity for manufacturers to basically to show off the cars so we have um, all the manufacturers come around and sprint down the hill we have the ProDrive legends that do it as well we have 25 insane rally cars part of rally 22 so those guys will do it and they are i mean i hope they don't mind me saying but they are mad (laughs) (laughs) they are you know they are they are rally enthusiasts who absolutely know how to drive their pride and joys and they hoon it down the hill um and then also this year's 75 years of ferrari so we have the most amazing um ferraris here i mean 250 we've got 250 gto short wheelbase hot rod um, 235 gtc a 365p just priceless Ferraris you know the values of these things I mean God knows what the value of the lawn is today but these cars will then go down the hill on Sunday as well so Sunday really comes to life a lot of the things on the south Lawn move off onto the north Lawn, hit the hill so at 11 o'clock in the morning then again at four o'clock in the afternoon we have all of this sort of dynamic Activity so it's all very genteel from Wednesday to Saturday, and then it's hooligan and chaotic on on Sunday. That's That's
0: like a good party weekend, really, isn't it? Absolutely,
2: it, it's something for everybody. You know, I mean, it's you know, it's three days of kind of closed, really, really top end sort of hospitality and champagne, etc. Then a day of clubs, as I say, and then a day for enthusiasts and the family and you know the young kids that the the aspirational buyers of the future i guess
0: that's right yeah you're capturing them all here because of course yeah we're all walking around and well a lot of us we're all kids aren't we really we're big kids looking at things that we hope one day we might be able to afford and yeah if we can convince a few of the youngsters to uh, to work extra hard and aspire to buy some of these things it's great david we better let you get on because you've got a busy few days ahead Thank you so much, firstly, for inviting us along here. Thank you also for talking to us, and congratulations on the event. It's fantastic, genuinely, as a friend, just to see how well this is growing now and how exciting it is. It's brilliant to see Thank you, John.
2: Thank you you very much. Thank you both. Thanks ever so much.
0: So good to catch up with David there, and and I know that often we say, you know, most interviewers and interviewees pretend you have this fabricated, friendly relationship with people, but David and I, genuinely, we have known each other a long time, and it's so brilliant i mean from both of us being in an events background and wanting to build up events and create things for people to come and enjoy it's just amazing to see how well david has done and um yeah it's just so so brilliant to be here but we're going to stick around on the pro drive stand because rachel i've spotted uh, one of the most unusual looking cars that i've seen here probably the largest car i've seen here in your words before i tell our dear listener what it is how would you describe what we're looking at right now
3: you are looking at a um i would say a pumped up (laughs) um four by four it's the type of thing it's so it does look a little bit like i'm i'm gonna say it for layman's term like a transformer the fact that you could just roll underneath it perfectly Uh it's it's yeah it it's brilliant it looks like an exaggerated version of a four by four
0: yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's, that's very fair to say. I have a feeling, I, ke- I might need to check this after, but I have a feeling there is some Ian Callum design aesthetics in this because I'm looking at the back and I'm seeing those rear lights look very kind of uh, F-type to me, very kind of, there's some, yeah. there's some F-type clues there. Um, I, yeah, that's my, that's my inkling. I know that he's certainly inv- very involved with ProDrive projects. But, yes, so to give you some of the specs on this, so this is, quite rightly, as Rach says, an enormous... <laughs> beast of a car uh, three and a half litre v6 twin turbo um four wheel drive as you'd imagine it's the kind of thing you would imagine smashing through sand dunes in the desert and um, i like this that we've been given a little pamphlet some information on it and under the color section there it just says any color of your choice
3: i mean that's brilliant that says it all <laughs> that's that shows you the luxury that's here <laughs>
0: Now we will if, you, if you're if you still scratching your head thinking no I've got no idea what this thing looks like what on earth are you talking about um, head over to the Driven Chat social feeds where you'll see today uh, some photos that we've uploaded on the Monday that this episode has gone out uh, so we will include some photos there will also be some additional photos on our website um, on the Pro Drive stand but yes um, we're now I guess we should probably go and talk to the man that's driving this car uh, who's a chap called Nanny uh, he's a Dakar racer I think he's done something like 70 Dakar races, and he's won it a number of times as well so let's go and talk to nanny he's going to be driving this car and um, see what he has to say
5: the driven chat podcast in association with paramex digital hello i am Nani ruma uh, two times dakar winner and uh, yeah, i did 27 dakars this means my career is more in the in the desert in the big areas and open areas and yeah now we are here to show this hyper car uh, this this is similar that our car our racing car but with more power and uh, more travel suspension, this means that a little bit more better than our car. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, we're stood now on the Pro Drive stand, we're surrounded by iconic racing cars that we're familiar with, including Aston Martin racing cars, some rally cars, some Subarus. Surrounding the history, we've got 911 there from the 1970s. Nanny, you're standing here next to this. Beast of a car in comparison, we're looking at loads of really low slung Subaru Impressors and Aston Martin race cars. This thing's not small, is it? Can you tell us what it is?
5: Yeah, it's the the cross country car. Okay, that uh, this last year the rule changed quite a lot. This means that uh, the car is much bigger with big tires. This means that it changed a lot in the last one, one year ago. This is a smaller, not like these cars, but it's a smaller now. Yeah, this is a cross-country car with a uh, yeah. It's big that we need uh, 500 liters uh, tank, uh, big wheels, uh, a lot of hours inside. This means we need more space inside. We stay uh, the Dakar Rally it's around uh, 11,000 kilometers. This means that we stay with two weeks, uh, and yeah, we need a little bit more comfort than the others. <laughs> but in the in the race cars, the comfort don't exist much, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, it's a nice car. I' uh, exciting to test from first time this hypercar. Oh, first time yeah, today? It's, it's today, you know. Yeah, this is something really new, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, I' exciting to test how it's, uh, you know, during the, during the race we must follow the rules from the FEA. Mm. This means that uh, the car are less power. Our race car less power than this car. Mm. This car's it's around 650 horsepower. Mm. Our car, our race car from the rules are 400. Power. Wow! This means that it's completely different. The gearbox also here are, are uh, automatic, electronic gearbox. Our it's me- complete mechanic. This means many, many th- different things that are exciting to to test today and here in this. Yeah, this is amazing place it's we a are. very
0: it's a very gentle first drive isn't it <laughs> around the, around the grounds of Blenheim Palace because I guess the first time this gets driven hard will be in the desert is that right
5: yeah uh, this car I think Sepp Lerp, it, yeah he makes some tests in Bahrain a month ago. But we plan in, uh, in two months go to go uh, to somewhere in Saudi or in, uh, in Dubai or in some places to test in the middle of the dunes, in the middle of the desert. And this car is built a little bit from these areas. I don't really feel well in these narrow tracks in the UK, in the countryside <laughs> with this car uh, but this is more from the really open open areas to really enjoy, it's a it's nice toy to enjoy in the desert, to be honest
3: Well, uh, Explain uh, what you drive at the moment in the desert, so when you go and take part in Dakar, explain the difference you said earlier this is a lot bigger, so explain what you drive
5: I mean, the, this is uh, bigger uh, the the difference between this car and our race car the size is the same okay only change the the power and the travel suspensions in during the race uh, we like i say before we follow the rules of fea that it's try to make all the power all the different brands in the same power and this it's complete uh, free you know this means that it's uh, it's complete uh, different in terms of power travel suspensions uh Air conditioning, it has much power here than our car, our race car. This is more comfort here, and but but yeah, um, this is the, the best of, of the difference between, for example, the last car uh, and and the new this with these big wheels. It's about the the performance, pure performance. Now with these big wheels, with more travel, we are much faster in the middle of the desert, you know. And always we find this. And, no, it's great. this is really great to, 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 to drive this car in the open desert. Eh? Here in the grass, in these small trucks, it's, it's more difficult, but anyway. No, it's a great car, great car.
0: And the one last question I'd like to ask, because obviously we're looking at it now, we can see loads of carbon fibre. The car itself looks in very good shape, it looks very tidy. Following the Dakar, how different do you think this car will look and what,
5: <laughs> what parts might be missing? <laughs> this is uh, changed quite a lot. Uh, I mean, when we start... The car looks like that. After a few days the car it looks different. <laughs> also, it's true that when we are in the team like ProDrive, uh, the guys really take care about the the, the image of, of the car. This means that every day the guys have a lot of work. But the the more hard part that it's this this nice that this is nice normally after a few kilometers with the stones, you know, these stones so fast it's destroyed every day yeah. this part and, and sometimes we love the motorsport and we love this carbon and we love the nice car and sometimes when we finish the stage and we see the, the car we say well today the mechanics have a lot of joy <laughs> <laughs> but anyway but it it's, adds it's, to it's, the story doesn't it this is exactly this is part of the the, the most important in the end it's, it's one uh, win races you know yeah. after this the carbon it's material you change but the, the most important is try to fight and win and be fast fantastic <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Well, we'll let you get on. I know you've got some testing to do, some some driving to enjoy. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. You. And um, best Thank of luck for the season ahead.
5: Thank you. Thank you very
0: much. Rachel, we've been here now for approximately an hour. Is it
3: an hour, maybe more? Yeah. How are you feeling? What's the vibe? Do you know what? It's very, it's very civilised. And do you know what? Before I got here today, I thought it would feel a little bit... I think I, I did say... It. I thought it'd feel a little bit stuffy, um, a bit unapproachable, but it's absolutely delightful.
4: Oh, well, yeah. I think
3: so. Yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it.
0: Good, good. I mean, we're, we're walking around. We've got some uh, currently in the grounds. We're on the cricket pitch, the hallowed cricket pitch, mm. as David Bagley described it in our little press briefing this morning. We've got uh, people selling cars here, Joe McCarry here selling their cars. We've also got, let's walk this way because. So we both attended the Festival of Speed, and at the Festival of Speed the record for the hill climb was broken by the McMurtry, the little racing car, and I only saw this for the first time in the flesh up close the other day at another event I attended. I'd like to get your reaction on this Rachel, we're now walking towards it. This is the record holder, fastest car ever to go up the hill at the Goodwood Festival of Speed. What is the, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you look at that car?
3: It kind of panics me because you think they must feel every single bump, and you must feel like you're going double the speed that you're going. I mean, it just looks so compact. Um, it, yeah, it looks a lot more compact than your normal racing car. But yeah, that it looks like a rocket, a little rocket.
0: It's a yeah. That's a fair way to describe yeah. it. It's it, it's so much smaller in the metal than I was expecting it to be. Um, Looking at this now currently someone sat in it and there is yeah just the the tiniest tiny little thing we might take a photo put it on our social feeds and use a Rachel for scale yes
3: I'll like stand that.
0: you next to yeah. it so that people can see just how tiny it is because you're not the largest human in the world let's be honest
3: no I'm not I am quite teeny tiny but it does it doesn't like you'll be able to feel that surely whoever's racing in that is like oh my god this is going fast yeah it is
0: a yeah. rapid little thing. So, yeah, let's continue to walk around. Parked conveniently next to the McMurtry is uh, a helicopter. That's pretty normal to see, isn't it? In a, on a cricket pitch. Yeah, at totally. palace.
3: I mean, how did you get here? Because that's my lift. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is that how you're getting home? Yeah. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's thanks. That's a good effort. Yeah. I,
0: uh, I, I drove here in a diesel Mercedes. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a shame. Yeah. But think of what you're doing for the environment.
3: Anytime. time, any time. <laughs>
0: Now, one of the cars that I'm really keen to go and have a look at, as part of our welcome this morning as as press, we were all kind of carted around to look at some cars being unveiled. One of the cars that was unveiled is called the Apricale, which is a a new name from a new brand called Veritech. And the reason that I kind of want to come and have a closer look at it is because this is a hypercar. It's been described as a hypercar. It's a 1,000 kilos, thereabouts, 1,000 brake horsepower. And the big exciting word on this one is hydrogen. So not EV, hydrogen. Hydrogen-powered hypercar. So I thought, let's go and have a look at it. I mean, it's an incredible-looking thing, isn't it, Rach?
3: When you mention hydrogen, this is not something you visualize when you think of a hydrogen car. It's, ac- it's gorgeous. It's slimline. It's slick. It's perfect. I love it. I want it.
0: And and rightly so, yeah. yeah. This is a Pininfarina-designed car, so you've got all those typical, beautiful design cues from Pininfarina. Let's go and have a chat with Timothy, who is the main man at Veritech. He is the the big boss and CEO, because it'd be fascinating to hear what he's got to say about the car. And I want to find out, really, if this is a company that's here as a car manufacturer or a company that's here as a tech company or a powertrain company. interesting to find out.
1: So good morning. I'm Timothy Lyons. I'm the CEO and founder of Viritech, which is a clean tech company based in uh, Nuneaton at the Myra Res- uh, R&D research facility. And uh, our focus is to build hydrogen powertrain solutions for automotive, aerospace, marine, and distributed power. Well, Timothy,
0: thank you so much for giving us a bit of your time. We had to come and talk to you for the simple reason that you're exhibiting here at Salon, Salon Privé with what can only be described as one of the most beautiful hypercars—a new shape, a completely unrecognisable car, but with a very familiar badge on the side, Pininfarina, one of the most fantastic design houses. What can you tell us about this car? And let's focus on that big, exciting word, hydrogen.
1: Well, so uh, we have to we have to acknowledge Pininfarina's part in the process. Uh, they, they created the, the styling for the Apricale. Um, you'll notice it has an Italian name because all beautiful cars should have an Italian name. Uh, and uh, we've been working closely with them. And just as an aside, I, I was just walking past some of the other exhibits a few moments ago and I walked past a 275 GTB Ferrari from 1965, which I think was probably the first car I saw as a child and fell in love with, also designed by Pininfarina. So there's a theme to this whole thing. So. Um, we set out to build a hypercar, not actually because we see ourselves primarily as a car manufacturer. We're really there to produce hydrogen powertrains for sustainable transportation. But we thought the hypercar would be a great way to demonstrate what we do, to demonstrate the benefits of hydrogen, where you need more power, you need longer range or weights a consideration. Uh, and of course, a hypercar is a pretty attention-grabbing thing. But when we launched it, we said to people, this is our Trojan horse, because effectively it's there to catch up attention, but it's what's inside that really counts. And we've worked on it for the last 20 months, developing the technologies which will power the car and and other things in the future. And and from that, we've developed a whole series of technologies which really are groundbreaking and uh, uh, which can be scaled for all sorts of other applications. One of the beauties of EV technology is you can scale it for many applications. So if you took the engine from a hypercar, you couldn't put it in a truck or an aeroplane or a ship. But you can take a powertrain from a hydrogen hypercar and you can scale it up or scale it down depending on the application, and it's still it's still appropriate.
0: The attention grabbing worked because we're here, <laughs> and we were part of the big unveil this morning. Rach, I'd like to give you the uh, the difficult task of describing the car, if possible.
3: Do you know what? It first of all, very difficult to describe such a beautiful car, and I didn't know what to expect. Cause as soon as you mentioned anything to do with sustainability, you said that hydrogen. You do think of something quite boxy, quite unattractive. It's beautiful. It's very attractive. It's very curvy. It's... Timothy, were you... I'm actually quite interested. What came first for you, the need for sustainability or designing? Like, how did you get into doing this? How did you get into working with
1: hydrogen? OK, well, so actually, you just I'm going to pick up one point you m- mentioned there, which I think is really important. Most people's perception of the transition away from fossil fuels and internal combustion engine is, we have to change, but the world will never be the same again. We'll never hear V12 Ferrari engines, well, not on new cars. It's true, there will be some compromise. But what we wanted to try and demonstrate is that the world, it's going to be different, but actually it's going to be really exciting. And we think that's what this car shows. It shows that this technology will be able to deliver things that are just as exciting as the 275 GTB was in 1965, and, and the fact you're reacting, and the, the smile on your face su- 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 suggests we've achieved that. Uh, my, my interest, I guess, was that I, I, as an entrepreneur, I'm always looking for new opportunities, new ideas. You know, entrepreneurs wake up in the morning wanting to change the world, and uh, I've done a lot of things in my career, but I, I was keen to do something in clean tech. And the more I thought about cleantech, the more I started to be drawn to hydrogen and I started to look at hydrogen from all different aspects, What, you know, what were the macro issues that one had to think about, What was the tech? where was the technology, what was the, the technology curve going to look like. And uh, I, I hit upon the idea of creating a hydrogen powertrain company because I realised that very quickly people begin to realise how important hydrogen is going to be for the future and then, Sadly, some of the geopolitical events this year have demonstrated that very clearly. Supply chains, you know, over reliance on fossil fuel, and so on and so forth. Uh, EU and US now are saying hydrogen will be central to their energy security policy in the future. So, um, uh, when I thought about that and, and looked at what people were doing, there was nobody really addressing the delivery of the, the powertrain technology. There are people making fuel cells, there are people making electric motors, but you can't go anywhere and, and buy a powertrain solution for a car, or a truck, or an airplane. Uh, so that was the thought that was behind it, and uh, the idea of doing it with the hypercar. I don't know. Uh, again, when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a new business, you, you, your first thing you have to do is grab people's attention. I couldn't think of a better way to do that. <laughs> so I assume, pardon the term, you're a bit of a petrol head. No, and no, I'm not at all. No, actually, oh, interesting. Well, not 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 in the conventional sense. I, I'm very interested in all things engineering. So uh, you know, I, my hobbies in life have been motorsports and flying and so on. So. No, I, I, I like old things that, that make a nice noise and probably go quite quickly and sometimes go in the air. But no, no I don't regard myself generally as petrolhead. I, 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 I drive a 21-year-old car. I'm not. I'm not the sort of person who gets <laughs> excited about my road car. <laughs> That's very fair. That's
0: very fair. And how would you describe yourself? Obviously, you're here at Salon Privé ex- exhibiting a car, but. I'm guessing you wouldn't just, you wouldn't describe your company as a car manufacturer. It's more of a it's a powertrain company. Is that right?
1: Yes, absolutely. That is correct. Uh, and I, I don't want to detract from. Of course, the people who are coming here today are interested primarily in cars, and they, they probably were petrol heads, and now we're switching them to hydrogen heads. I guess if one can use that term. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't want to detract from the excitement that people will feel for what it is, which is an incredible, very attractive, hugely high-performance car. We haven't mentioned that, by the way. Um, for those who can't see it, it, it's going to weigh less than 1,000 kilograms and have over 1,000 brake horsepower. So it, it will want for nothing in terms of performance, um, except grip, perhaps. <laughs> so, um, no, but the it, it is absolutely true that, that our, our business model is to develop technologies to license to manufacturers uh, for many many different applications and i guess if you think about how technology automotive technology evolved in the past it was always from motorsport Uh, motorsport was the cutting edge or a lot of the technology also came from aerospace and these days, uh, if you think about Formula One, it's never been more popular than it is today, and it's never been less relevant in terms of technology. You know, they're still going to be racing cars with, with internal combustion engines and long after the world has, has moved away from them. And, and actually, the hypercar, in a sense, is, is the new technology frontier for, for development. And that's what we saw it as. We couldn't go and race the hydrogen powertrain, but we could put it on the world's fastest road car, and we could demonstrate it in that way. And that's what we did. And the other thing that's really important, which also links to Formula One, nearly all of our team would come from Formula One or motorsports background, is that... um, that sort of cutting-edge approach to high performance forces you to optimise everything in terms of weight, packaging and performance. And so the challenge of creating a hydrogen powertrain for a hypercar means you have to miniaturise everything, which made us work very intensely on the technologies. And that may sound, OK, that's exciting for a hypercar, but it's also hugely relevant when you produce a hydrogen powertrain for a commercial vehicle or for a truck, because people who run commercial vehicles and run trucks, they make their money on the, the load factor. If you reduce the load because of the weight of the powertrain or because of the weight of the batteries, you're reducing the efficiency, you're reducing the profitability. So actually, the discipline that made us create incredibly tightly packaged powertrain for the for the Apricale will pay a huge dividends on a... 40 ton truck or a three and a half ton van It's very exciting isn't it and I think you said before we hit record you
0: even had a, a gentleman come up to you and say right I'm, I'm from a shipping company can we use your tech in our ships?" so this might be something that happens quite a lot over the next few days. I think
1: so that was the most unusual inquiry we've had so far I, I, I think I mentioned to you we're based at Myra which many of your listeners will know is the home of R&D for the automotive industry in the UK it has been for 75 years so when he asked me if we could produce a hydrogen powertrain for his, his uh, Bulk cargo vessels, which you know carry, I think, up to two hundred thousand tons of cargo. I said absolutely no problem producing the powertrain, but I don't think we could test it at Myra. <laughs> That's very true. So just just to give a, a very quick
0: overview of the the technology behind the car, the drive chain. So the hydrogen is powering
1: or charging a battery that then drives an EV motor. Is that correct, or have I got that wrong? You were getting close. Uh, The hydrogen bit was right and the motor was correct. Uh, It it does have a battery as well. But, of course, it's a fuel cell that's providing the electricity. So you're actually making electricity on the vehicle with hydrogen as opposed to producing it, the electricity somewhere else, charging up a battery and carrying the electricity in a battery. However, it is a combination. So... um, fuel cells have been used already on some vehicles but they've been used as range extenders and one of the problems with that is that all you're really doing, you're you're recharging a battery but you're not reducing the weight and the mass of the battery and it's the the reduction in mass and weight that's so important in what we're achieving here this car will weigh half the weight of a a battery hypercar Um, and so we use a really tiny battery Uh, we use perhaps one tenth of the amount of lithium that you'd use on a battery electric vehicle And we use the the, the very large, powerful uh, fuel cells, fuel cell stacks, to produce the electricity. And we use some incredibly sophisticated, I guess you could almost say Formula One-derived energy management technology that allows you to manage energy from the fuel cells, from the battery, and from the kinetic energy of the vehicle. And it's that combination. When you think about a Formula One driver, he presses the throttle in the car, um, he's not pumping fuel through the engine anymore he's actually calling for torque from a combination of an internal combustion engine and from two two factors of of, uh, kinetic energy and heat recovery and it's much the same with this vehicle it's got it's got three sources of energy on board and it's got a very smart uh, energy management system that knows where it is in the world what it's doing what the conditions are where the traffic might be when it's going to go up a hill or a mountain or down one and it's and it's thinking smartly in advance where how do i best use the energy resources i've got on board
0: fantastic well it's extremely exciting to see i wish you the best of luck with the uh, the few days ahead and building up some interest whether that's people wanting to buy a car or power a boat it's very exciting either way uh, for you i'm sure um before we go one of the questions i wanted to ask you mentioned there it's going to be a good few years before we see the likes of f1 stepping away from fossil fuels how far away do you think we are from looking at perhaps a, a motorsport championship maybe not f1 but a motorsport
1: championship solely powered by hydrogen Oh, I don't think that's too far away, actually. Um, So we know that uh, the ACO wants to have hydrogen at Le Mans from 2025 onwards. uh, That's very exciting. Um, And uh, we we also know that Formula E has been uh, uh, very successful and is growing success. We know that Extreme E is also successful. Uh, I don't think it'll be long before you'll see hydrogen versions. I believe that the Gen 4 Formula E rules will allow hydrogen. I think Extreme E is probably looking at hydrogen. What they're doing at the moment is they're carting hydrogen around the world to make electricity to charge batteries in electric vehicles. It seems to me you could cut out the middleman and have hydrogen Extreme E, Extreme H vehicles. Um, and we're also talking to a motorsport manufacturer that is uh, looking at doing a single-make uh, electric vehicle series uh thinking about battery but i'm trying to persuade them perhaps hydrogen will be the better bet. so i don't think it'll be that long i think you'll you'll see hydrogen emerge in the cutting edge uh of of motorsport very quickly it's going to be an important area um you won't see it on road cars probably until the early mid 2030s simply because of the costs and the volumes of production you know there are not enough fuel cells manufactured at at a price that's affordable to put them on road cars but that's why for the moment the next six, seven years will be about niche applications, um, you know, fleet it, it trials for so heavy goods, vehicles, motorsport, aviation, ships. Uh, but I think, you know, the, the, the hydrogen era will really come into its own in the, in the 2030s and beyond. How exciting. Well, Timothy, thank you so much for your time. Okay, you. Wish
0: you all the very best with the event. And um, well, we'll look forward to watching your story unfold as the years go on, because I think this is all very exciting. Thanks so much. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Rachel, I can see men in Stetsons (laughs) standing next to very American-looking supercars. How do you fancy going to talk to the Hennessy brothers?
3: I would absolutely love to. I haven't seen a Stetson like that in many a year.
0: Well, 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 let's go and compliment them on their Stetsons. <laughs> We're going to walk over to the Hennessy stand where they've unveiled the Hennessy Venom F5 Roadster. They've also got the coupe here. which, And I think the Roadster is going for the title of fastest Roadster at something like 311 miles an hour. I think that's what they're only for, which is utterly ridiculous. Anyway, let's jump in and have a chat with them.
6: Uh, well, my name is Cole Hennessy. I am uh, one of five uh, children from John Hennessy and I am in charge of international sales. Thank
0: you so much for inviting us over to your stand. It's so exciting to see Hennessy here as a brand here at Salon Privé. Um, I know that you guys have just quite literally flown in from California. haven't you just done Pebble yeah, Beach, yeah. where the car was unveiled. Uh, you're now unveiling it here to uh, a UK crowd as well. What's the reception been like so far?
6: Well, it's been wonderful so far. Uh, we're a little jet-lagged, but uh, we're excited to be here and, and share the car with everybody. It's been an overwhelming response uh, in the U.S. during car week, and the same response has been uh, for here.
0: Fantastic. Now, the Roadster that's being revealed here, correct me if I'm wrong, you're going for the title of fastest production Roadster, is that right?
6: That is correct. We would like to take our own record, which we currently hold. <laughs> that's it. That's such a good... <laughs> yeah. What we'd like to do is just
0: be even better than we already are. That's correct, that's yeah. <laughs> the,
6: the, the previous generation car was our Venom GT, uh, which currently holds the record at 265. I have an MG Spider.
0: Yeah, fantastic, Rach. What are your thoughts? We've got a coupe version and a roadster version here. Which are you? Uh, which are you opting for?
3: Oh wow, um, that's it's a tough choice. Very tough choice. I'm drawn here anyway. I just love it. I to love the the, yeah to the roadster. The, the punchiness of it.
6: It's the colour. Yes, <laughs> totally.
3: I'm absolutely drawn to it. And um, Cole, how come you um, decided to work for the family business? There's five of you. Uh, how
6: much time do you have? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, uh, I, was, I was actually really debating not doing it to uh, maybe go and figure out my own worth somewhere else. Um, but it was uh, an honour to be called up to this legacy uh, and it really felt like I had uh, no other choice but to, to do it. I was, I've was i been forced to love cars my whole life, so <laughs> luckily it worked out. So yeah.
3: And what's your favourite car? If you have to choose, actually, out of these two, what would you go for?
6: I would probably go for the Roadster because, you know, the wind blowing through your hair, that sounds kind of yeah. awesome. I got to drive uh, the chassis one Roadster in California on the PCH through, like, these beautiful, windy roads, and I was like, all right, I love this car. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's kind of cool.
0: Right. <laughs> it's quite interesting, is it, when you think back to the, the history of the brand. Not that long ago, really, Hennessy was looked at as a brand that were taking other platforms taking the Lotus platform right. putting a huge stonking great big engine in and making loads and loads of power and I remember you know the global press going oh okay is this one of these brands that's kind of just going to come along have a go at cars for a bit and then disappear right but you guys have done well haven't you you guys are now producing your own cars right. in-house breaking records
6: well that's kind of something we've uh are used to at this point of of people having thought you know it's going to be one or two cars but we continue to prove people wrong Uh, we've now built and delivered 10 customer cars we build about one and a half cars a month Um, this car just wrapped up three or four days ago Um, so it's fun to continuously unveil these different colors and people being like oh wow that's a different color I haven't seen that color before so it's been uh, it's been good to continually uh, show the world that we're here to stay yeah absolutely and what do you think the
0: future holds for Hennessy obviously you're kind of regarded as big, punchy v 8 big engines, is that going to be the future, or do you think eventually you're going to have to transition over to EV?
6: Well, we will always love combustion, we will always love loud and rowdy, um, but we've actually, about four or five months ago, we put out a sketch of the next car that follows the F5, which is, uh, we're calling it Project Deep Space right now, it's a fully electric, four-seater, uh, six-wheel drive vehicle with 2,000 plus horsepower. <laughs> How's that for some headlines? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me just try and recap on that. Six wheel drive. Yep.
0: How many horsepower? Uh,
6: it's gonna be we haven't disclosed the exact number, but it's gonna be over two thousand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's Hennessy doing what Hennessy do best, isn't yeah. it? E- effectively. Well our goal is to make the perfect two-car garage. So we have this car for the weekend. <laughs> That's a great goal! Yeah. And so uh, the next car is gonna be fully electric with four seats. Wow. Uh, and can be comfortable, but can also be sporty and fun. Um, and it's kind of the first of its class. We're calling it a hyper-luxury car.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Watch this space yeah. for yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Project Deep Space as well has got to be one of the coolest project names ever. Yeah, that yeah. Is. Fantastic. Yeah. So we're on our first day of a few here at Salon Privé. Right. Is this? uh, Are you a regular visitor to the UK? How how much time have you spent here talking to people about the cars? What's the the general reaction been from the Brits?
6: This is uh, my second time here. I was here for Goodwood for uh, for my first time a couple months ago, Um, and I I really like this weather. It's great. I hear it's not like this like at (laughs) all. This is very unusual. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, but uh, this is my second time here. I love the UK, Mm. Um, and the response so far has just been overwhelming. Uh, Yeah. It's just been. We're really really excited to be here. This is our first time at Salon Privé. Uh, and hopefully not our last yeah fantastic yeah.
0: it is the 31st of August today unfortunately 1st of September tomorrow that's where the rain and the snow oh starts oh god I'm not going to show up tomorrow <laughs>
6: <laughs>
0: fantastic well we'll let, get, let you get back to it Cole thank you so much for your time course, it's been fantastic yeah. to have a good good look around the cars yeah, and uh, yeah it's, uh, it's so exciting to see what the future holds for you as well and, and good luck with that record I don't think you need much luck I think <laughs> no. it's going to happen yeah. there's something yeah. something tells me in, in
6: your head you already know you've kind of <laughs> got it nailed yeah so uh, the world <laughs> yeah. will see soon <laughs> yeah exactly that exactly that it's well, wonderful okay. to meet you guys yeah. Likewise, yeah. thank you yeah
0: of course right rachel downey i've spotted another of our old podcast friends i feel like i'm introducing you to our extended friends and family people that have previously appeared on the podcast thornton 100 motorcycles run by a nice chap called mm-hmm. jody that did podcast with us i think a year or so ago okay I need you to go and have a look at some custom motorcycles how do you feel
3: I feel like I did not expect to see two wheels here oh, at really? Salem Preview. I think a lot of people's perception would be, again, the supercar, the, the classic cars. You, you wouldn't think, oh, I'll see some great bikes as well. But I think I'm going to be in for a little bit <laughs> of a surprise.
0: Come and have a look at some shiny Triumphs, some custom-built <laughs> Triumphs.
7: <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Jodie Milhouse at Iron Thorns and 100 Motorcycles, and we build bespoke Triumph Motorcycles.
0: So for the second time on the Driven Chat podcast, you're hearing that voice, Jodie Milhouse. Um, We're walking around, Rachel and I Salon Privé. We're looking at all these beautiful cars on display, noticing the distance.
8: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
0: A collection of beautiful motorcycles custom motorcycles and thought well that's got to be
7: jodie hasn't it? it's got to be thornton hunter so we thought we'd come and us. say hi you can't miss us we do stand out from the crowd here i mean we're next to bugatti stand and there's sort of millions of pounds worth of ferraris and hypercars and supercars everywhere and there's us sticking out like a sore thumb kind of the rebels <laughs> with these crazy <laughs> color motorcycles with superchargers and nitrous oxide bolted on and all sorts of crazy bits going on we've got a bicycle knocking about as well so yes it's a uh, it's a good show for us, I and mean, it's the correct kind of clientele, so the sun's shining, the champagne's flowing, so yeah, we're having a great time. Brilliant. The push bike is something
0: we have to talk about, because we walk. as I was walking over mm-hmm. you know, we expect to see Triumph Bobbers, we expect to see an array of Triumph motorcycles with, as you say, superchargers bolted on <laughs> and whacking great big oversized K&M filters hanging off the side, and then it's a fixie road bike uh, jody there's no engine what's going on
7: yeah so literally i've ridden bicycles forever anything with two wheels i'm involved with and uh literally at the start of summer i was like right well i'm going oh, oh that's the sound of a bentley blower just casually yeah. firing yeah. up yeah. <laughs> 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 the benefit of uh interviewing at salon Privé. so uh yes yeah, so i decided i wanted a bicycle so um literally six weeks from scribbling on a bit of paper all the geometry we we did all the cad in the background and uh yeah um six weeks later i was riding a bicycle around the front of the workshop so um yeah it's all cnc machined um and is linked together with uh carbon kevlar tubing so yeah very special bit of kit and uh we're doing 10 so we've already sold two so uh hopefully we'll get the rest of them gone by the end of the weekend so yeah very cool bit of kit are you tempted rage
3: yes i absolutely love that and also i love John noticed you guys pretty much the moment we started walking around here. <laughs> you said it's a perfect clientele for, for you. I'm surprised to see two wheels here just because my, and this is the first time I, I've been to Salon Prive, uh, my image is the, you know, the supercars, the classic cars. So, what, when did you guys decide to start coming here and why?
7: So, I actually hired a marketing, uh, guy actually last year and he was like oh we've got to go to salon privé and i was like okay right well it's let's, let's let's have a look at and see what's what's going on so obviously there's lots of cool cool bits get here but there's a lot of money we can't get around the fact that there is a disgusting amount of government level wealth here like <laughs> it's like crazy and and do you know what the guys like engines and cars and these are just engines motorbikes so a lot of the guys actually are walking around they do own bikes um and they do ride um so what better place to car very expensive motorcycles (laughs) in front of the people that can afford them you know (laughs) so it allows me to create stuff like we have in front of us here the world's fastest triumph bobber the uh the supercharged nitrous injected and flex fuel running 300 horsepower 191 kilogram machine so (laughs) it's uh yeah very cool bit of kit now as somebody that enjoys riding
0: motorcycles i think we talked about this on the podcast you know i'm definitely a fair weather rider a bit of a fair weather fairy bikes for me have topped out in my own ownership at about 800 900 cc and that for me has always been enough when i'm standing beside a triumph bobber and i've got a nitrous oxide tank here i've got more radiators on it than most small family
7: cars um what power are we pushing out remind me yeah so this is 300 horsepower at the rear wheel um when we're running the nitrous and the supercharger and we're running in an ethanol uh, fuel um and like i say it weighs 191 kilograms so it works out around 1750 horsepower per tonne um so accelerates quicker than i could ever accelerate on it <laughs> um carbon wheels everything on it is completely bespoke the only thing that's left is the engine cases um i designed the comrods um we did all the cfd analysis on the on the head on the supercharger the custom supercharger um all of the fuel system i designed um yeah everything you see it's, it's just it's a crazy bit of and i actually rode it up the hill at the festival of speed um so i did eight runs over the course of the the, the long weekend um it's a total of around 11 miles, so that's the mileage on the bike. And uh, we did two rear tyres and two tanks of fuel. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you see that big red button on the dash there? That, that does flame mode. So, that literally all that is designed for is you, it has a hard Love cut it. limiter and that uh, you shoot. Three foot flames out a the end flame of it mode. Yeah, flame mode <laughs> wow it turns into a flamethrower. wow yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, okay. It's, a, it's a brilliant bit of kit we even designed like in the dash we've got games in the dash so we could like brilliant. launch control games and all sorts of uh, stuff like that so it's uh, just an entertaining bike all round. you mm. know all fun all the family incredible <laughs> and
0: i guess yeah rachel was leading on to quite an interesting point there about the fact that you wouldn't perhaps mm. typically think about
7: custom triumphs at a show like this but Do you sell bikes here? Are there people that come here and place orders? We do. So we sold the most expensive bike we've ever sold to a customer last year, which is why we're back. Um, (laughs) So um, we went to the London show again. We sold a bike. Um, And it's brand awareness more than anything. So it's brand awareness. We have a lot of social media followers, um, and that's great. And we reach the the people that will aspire. We're like an aspirational brand. The young people, 18 to 25, that will aspire to own one of our bikes one day. Um, The people here can buy the bikes. But they don't have social media. So we're targeting a very niche audience that is, you know, aged between sort of 40 upwards, doesn't do social media, has the money, has the space, has the garage space um, to be able to spend. So, um, yeah, very, very, very unique place. Um, some very, very um, interesting characters knocking about. <laughs> and you meet some very, you know, you know, some really interesting people as well. You know, like some, like, and they'll be like, oh, I own so and so company. You'll be like, Wow, I see that everywhere. You know, like yeah, you know, yeah. and um, It's crazy to see that. So you know, we targeted a, a group of people that we would nor- wouldn't be able to normally target on using so- social media. Fantastic. Well, we better let you get back to it then, just in case there's you yes. know, the owner of Google <laughs> yes. wants to go yes. and buy one of
0: your bikes. You've got some pretty good customers, though. You've got, We've got some Joe crazy Wicks
7: and Joe Wicks, yeah. Um, ben Francis, Jim Shark, pretty, like yeah. half the Welsh rugby team, the England players. <laughs> you know, um, um, yeah. So we have a lot, but a lot of our clients are very, very sort of. Um, low-key bit mm. massive business owners, investors yeah. hedge yeah. fund managers that sort of stuff so we, i meet some very interesting people i was just saying to cv actually i love being like my customers but it's so strange because i my next bugatti is two chirons there and I, yeah. i'm not really that interested <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> look over there, there's a G- gt1 porsche you know there's ev 110 bugatti yeah. there's the zondas and i'm like i'm around this on a weekly basis and i've become so numb to it i'm like it's yeah. such a shame because uh, it's yeah. a really special stuff but i go to clients houses all week you know and there's Helipads on the lakes, and there's under there's La Ferraris, and there's this and the other. And actually, you know, it's you know, it's interesting to see like the custom stuff here, which you wouldn't normally see because you do kind of because when you're around it all the time, you see all the time, you kind of become numb to it. So, um, you do have to kind of pinch yourself sometimes and go, Yeah, this is this is crazy, crazy, crazy place to be, and it's fantastic. So, yeah, I, I would recommend coming and seeing it because if you haven't been, then it's a spectacle for sure. Fantastic. Oh, right, we'll let you get
0: back to it, Jenny. Thanks yeah. so much. Good to see you, mate, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers. Here's a here's an interesting one. We're looking now at the Clive Sutton stand. Um, we've got a recreation Shelby Cobra, which, as far as I understand, has been signed off by Shelby themselves to say, yep, we, we give you the stamp of approval. We also have a rather extreme-looking Ford Mustang with slightly wider arches, a big rear wing and very aggressive haunches, and then smack-bang in the middle of those is a London taxi but something tells me all is not quite as it seems.
3: Absolutely not now (laughs) I can't tell you how much I love this the doors are open and inside it looks like you're looking at the soft leather the interiors of a luxury car in a black cab it's and also (laughs) it's a brilliant idea you kind of think oh should I is this a little bit of a joke is it a gimmick no not at all and pretty much everyone that walks by has stopped has looked, at it has got in it's brilliant
9: let's go and have a chat with
3: oh. uh,
0: with the guys at clive sutton i want to sit in it
9: um so hi i'm luke from clive sutton i am the operational and sales director for our uk business um we've got you down here at the moment looking at our custom vip taxi so we take the london taxi from the exterior and we essentially transform the interior with a full vip conversion Amazing. Now, this
0: is what I love about events like Salam Privas. We're walking around from where I'm standing right now. I can see three Paganis, I can see a helicopter, I can see an array of pre war Bentleys, Uh, I can see custom motorcycles, I can see approximately 147 million pounds worth of classic supercars and hypercars all in platinum for the Platinum Jubilee theme. And for the, at a glance, a London taxi. Yes. But now that we've got up close to the London taxi, um, it All is not quite as it seems, is
9: it? No. So from the outside, um, very over, um, you know, very discreet. Um, from the inside, we completely transform the entire vehicle. So everything's trimmed in Bentley Nappa leather. Um, we have various wood fixings around the cabin that are along the door and along the consoles um, that are genuine mahogany wood. Um, The forward-facing seat element, if you picture yourself in a taxi, uh, we have fully replaced with reclining seats with footrests. And there are also retractable tables that come from the middle centre console. They're actually the same tables from the Mercedes-Benz Maybach, Um, so there will be some familiar touches there. Um, Also, in the centre console where the tables are, um, there's a fridge. Um, And there's also various controls that have been moved so that the forward-facing passengers can have full control over the air conditioning, over the intercom. And there is also a button they can press um, because this specific vehicle has a pano roof section um, and it's fitted with smart glass, which essentially is a button you can press and it changes the opacity of the glass. So it goes from cloudy to clear, just in case your eyes are sensitive to any glaze.
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Do you know what? I even jokingly, we walked by past the taxi earlier. I was like, oh, there's a London black cab. And like, Who would buy this, and why?
9: So it's generally someone who's driven. I mean, you wouldn't really buy this to drive yourself. It's not going to be the best driving experience. Um, so high-net-worth individuals... Um, If you actually look and consider the workable space you have in the rear of a taxi, it's quite unique. When you think about Range Rovers or Rolls Royces, you often have a row of seats just in front of you. So it's a very spacious cabin to start with, um, and we can set them up with screens. So in front of the forward-facing seats, um, there is a large um, 22-inch monitor, Now, on this monitor, we've got Apple TV, Um, you can fit PlayStation, DVD players, (laughs) um, and the whole car is fitted with a 4G or 5G router. So apart from a nice, spacious, comfortable way to get around, um, you can very easily work on the go, um, or you can be entertained on the go. Um, We've got countless customers who have the news or watch the sport while they're travelling, and it's just a nice, different way to get around. We have all your luxury comfort, Um, but in a very discreet package.
0: And I guess that's the key word, isn't it? It's discreet. It's for those that perhaps want to be driven, as you say. They want the creature comforts, but they don't necessarily want to be seen in the back seat of a Bentley Malzahn or a Bentayga or, as you say, a Cullinan. This is a bit more kind of under the radar shall we say
9: yeah very much I mean if you actually look on the outside it still has the taxi logo on the top (laughs) I mean even driving here we get held over all the time (laughs) Um, no one really has a clue on what's inside Um, we can fully tint the windows Uh, these are the windows as they come from the factory Um, and yeah completely discreet it also has a um, EV friendly aspect to it so these drive only on electric powertrain Mm -hmm. They do have a 1.5-liter um, petrol generator, which, if the batteries start to um, lose their charge, will charge the EV power. So it's sort of got that eco-friendly um, uh, direction to it as well. Amazing. But mm. you want to have a seat inside, Rachel? I, I do. Also, to...
3: I'm loving the fact that they've got the glass here, so you know when you are in a in a taxi and you stop and you want to pay, or <laughs> you've got you've literally like kept the brief, haven't you? Yeah. completely.
9: Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay. Go on, you in. jump in. The thing is, you're so right, Luke. I mean, the amount of space in here, it's so... It's <laughs> I'm going to try my best to describe this. Those of you that know what a London taxi look, looks like, imagine that interior, but times it by a million. So we've got really beautiful soft suede, or is it Alcantara? Alcantara. Alcantara headlining. headlining, which is kind of like a beautiful light cream. Um, the softest, most plush leather. Mm. I mean, it feel it, interior-wise, it is the least London taxi environment <laughs> I've ever been in. Yeah. I feel like there should be, you know, yesterday's edition of the Metro newspaper, <laughs> and maybe some questionable fluids on the floor from a previous passenger. But the, yeah, in here it's, it's just umbrellas. glorious. There's even a matching umbrella, as Rachel <laughs> has just <laughs> pointed out.
4: Yeah.
0: It just seems like such a, such a pleasant place to be. It's the ultimate stealth wealth, isn't it? Hiding under the radar. For sure.
9: And, and this one is set up currently with um, two passengers in the rear cabin. We can set them up to have up to six in the rear. Wow. So oh, instead yeah. of two facing forward, um, this whole row can be a bench with three seats. And then if you think about the rear-facing passengers in a taxi, they have those drop-down seats. Mm. Um, yeah. So we can fit up to three facing backwards as well. So if you do have a family and you're looking for a cool way to get around <laughs> town, then you can. If you prefer to travel solo, um, then we've also got the set-up for that. Amazing.
0: What an amazing thing. Yeah. I mean, from a distance, as I say, you never, ever would have imagined that this was what the, what was on the inside of, effectively, a London taxi. And I'm looking also, so on the uh, in the hay bale section of the front of the cab, you've got a collection of different leathers and wooden trims. So I'm guessing you
9: can with a platform like this you can just spec it to whatever your heart desires. Exactly that. So um we first get an understanding on how someone's going to use it, how many passengers they're likely to have. Um but as you said we've got about 30 different samples for mahogany woods, um various different leather samples all included in the same price. Um and yeah, the alcantara for the headlining, everything is customizable and choosable. I like also that, uh, which is not always normal for the uh, for the luxury of the driver, it's obviously a
0: car that you're being driven in, it looks like even the driver's seat has had the luxury treatment as well. You've not got
9: the, the standard kind of recycled plastic seat that you might expect to see in a taxi. Exactly that. I think when you're spending this sort of money on a car, I mean, our conversions start from £120,000, including a brand-new taxi. Wow. Um, they go up to about 155 pounds to 160. pounds um you know not doing the front cabin especially when you think in this division wall here you've got a a clear perspex section so you can see between the front and the rear um if it was a mismatch of colors it would feel like a bit of a bizarre place to be sitting um (laughs) so on occasions we can make the middle division wall fully trimmed so that Mm -hmm. you can't see through and some people decide that they they don't want to do the front but basically customer customer choice so price-wise, so the spec
0: we're looking at here, including buying the, the vehicle, yep. trimming it out in this spec, what sort of figure
9: are we looking at? So this is uh, 139 including VAT, including brand new car, 12-month road fund licence, everything to get you on the road. Um, to increase the price to the higher bracket is when we start adding more seats facing backwards. So at the moment we've only got two, mm-hmm. we can add up to six as I said before. Um, so yeah, this one is j- just under the 140 mark.
0: It's about one-fourth of the price of a Rolls-Royce Cullinan. Correct.
9: It's another way of looking at it, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, and also tax-efficient. I mean, the VAT on this running through company books, you know, is very likely an easy thing to reclaim back. So yeah. when you then take Uh-oh. that out of the equation as well, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it makes, one, compelling in what you can do and how you can operate in it. Um, but then, obviously, price-point-wise, you have the luxury of a Rolls-Royce or a Bentley, but it's a third of the price. Yeah, incredible. Yeah.
0: It would be a little bit remiss, I think, standing on, being on your stand here and focusing all this time on the London taxi. I think it's relevant. But we have also got, whilst we're here, uh, we've got a couple of Shelby-branded cars as well. Firstly, can we start with this Cobra? Absolutely. Um, I was
9: part of your press briefing this morning where you were talking about this briefly, but this is quite a significant car, isn't it? Uh, very significant. Um, fully modernised um, Resto Mod. Uh, I mean the engine in this car alone was a £50,000 um, option, wow. um, fully hand-built and handcrafted. crafted uh, It's a 427, so it's the equivalent of a 7 litre, um, but then it's got Ford pistons, 8kA um, you know, um, filters, um, fuel injection, power steering and essentially taken a very common and a very well-known platform and bought it into the modern age incredible yeah and what's particularly unique about this is when you think about the cobra as a car it's probably one of the most copied or replicated Mm. cars on the planet um this is the only one that's been given the shelby license to the body so shelby themselves have given the blessing for sort of the quality and the build um so yeah very very unique car and um on then entertain me. What sort of price am I looking at for one of these? Uh, this one is a mere £185,000. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah. so um, still in the sensible realm. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, the, we can also offer continuation builds, which are actually not essentially building a new car uh-huh. but taking one of the classic 1965s um, with the original VIN numbers and then doing a restoration on them. Um, those retail more for 275 Amazing. Yep lovely thing and
0: lovely to have that stamp of approval isn't it from uh, from shelby that's quite a, quite the accolade yeah, i guess you're the only people in the uk that's able to offer
9: yeah a s- there, there, there's a few companies who are involved in cobras in different ways um, this is the only product that has the shelby license to the actual body itself amazing yeah. and then on the other side yes
0: something a whole different kettle of fish here Talk to me about this Mustang. Uh,
9: So this Mustang, I I, I don't really think you can call it a Mustang anymore. (laughs) It was a Mustang. Um, So the canvas was a right-hand drive um, Ford Mustang GT from the UK market. Uh, We've upgraded and modified pretty much everything. So power-wise, this has 849 brake horsepower, 665 pounds of torque. Um, 0-60 in three and a half seconds. (laughs) Um, Sounds completely outrageous. Um, And almost every element has been upgraded and worked on. So it's got the full GT500 style body kit. So the full front bumper, bonnet, fenders, all completely replaced with carbon fibre parts. Um, Custom made Vossen alloys that are designed specifically for this car. Um, huge carbon fibre rear wing at the back um, and then completely gone to town on the interior so everything's been retrimmed restitched sort of taken the taxi level of luxury mm. and we've put it in um, a sports car incredible yeah. go on Rach what are you picking taxi
0: Mustang or Cobra
3: Do you know what <laughs> I really want the taxi <laughs> and I, I just love all the details about it I actually not to go back to the taxi I want to ask you um, was this because of a demand for people wanting to get about without being recognized is is that why you decided to
9: so very good question so we started doing a similar conversion mm. on the mercedes-benz v-class which is a genuine it's a passenger van anyway and a lot more working space and we had a customer we built one for who asked if we could do it to the taxi it was never really part of our business plan oh, wow. and we built one for him did a pr release it went viral in 45 countries <laughs> Uh, We then got called in by the manufacturer of the taxi. We've become officially authorised by them. And we've built 19 now, all specifically for customer orders. We've got five in production at the moment. It's been like a massive (laughs) surprise. But it's, um, I think, one, the iconicness of being able to own a London taxi, but then also to be able to make it luxurious, Mm -hmm. comfortable and practical um, has been very appealing and surprising, surprisingly appealing for us.
3: I absolutely love it. I love that it went viral as well. That's brilliant. Who would have thought after years of doing what you're doing, a London taxi gets you viral? Yeah,
9: literally.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Well, Luke, thank you so much for giving us a bit of your time. It's fantastic to see these cars. Uh, Wish you all the best over the weekend. Hopefully. It might attract a couple more uh, yes. stealth wealth, stealth wealth people that need to, to fly under the radar and have something. I just think it's so brilliant. We will take loads of photos of this as well, so have a look on our social feeds. If you are struggling to envision what we're talking about, you can see them on the driven chat feeds right now. Thanks, Luke. Thank you very much. Another brand that I think we should go and talk to, bearing in mind we're surrounded by millions and in some cases many millions of pounds worth of cars, is uh, the pokey little English brand that mm. I love so much because they build amazing race cars, Radical. Do you know anything about Radical? You must have seen these in your motorsport journalism that, days.
3: Do you know what? You have summed them up when you said the pokey. <laughs> it's true, though. I think anyone involved in motorsport, probably on any level, especially from over here in the UK, would have at least seen the name Radical. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, isn't it, how, yeah, it's probably been around for years and years.
0: 25 years, I believe.
3: 20, almost as uh, old as me can i do that no <laughs> probably not way past that age now but yeah it's a it's a well-respected name but it's not an in-your-face mm. first name second name tenth name you think of when it comes to motorsport really mm. seems like a good a team uh, a name that you really want to know more about
0: well let's go and have a chat with the uh, marketing team i'm john roach uh, head of
8: marketing at radical motorsport
0: so whilst walking around the event we couldn't help but step into the Radical stand because we've got two incredible looking racing cars John what have we got here I can see on on the bonnet of one of them we've got a big sticker celebrating 25 years it's Radical really 25 years old yeah 25th
8: anniversary this year um, so still going out of the same factory in, in Cambridgeshire. here um, but now we are much more than just a couple of guys building race cars because they love racing we're a big team of guys and girls that build race cars because we all love racing <laughs> Um, But yeah, we we ship them to over 21 countries now, 33 dealers all around the world. Uh, We run 14 different single-make Radical Championships. So everywhere from the obvious, the UK, Australia, USA, but also we've got uh, Radical Cup Caribbean, Radical Cup Philippines. So yeah, we're really um, global reach just from uh, our our base in, in Cambridge here
3: do you feel with radical it's it might not necessarily be the first name you think of when you think of motorsport Mm. do you think part of the success of radical is the fact that you know your customers the people that love it know it you don't necessarily need all the big advertising or the money thrown at that side of things
8: yeah absolutely it's not you know we're 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 not one of these brands that people will sort of um dangle their keys and you know show off that they're with this brand It's, it's sort of the confident choice they've they probably dabbled in that side they've enjoyed that but now they want something with a you know a bit more aero and more of a like pure race car experience and they race with us because because they love it you know they they, they don't need to justify why they've gone with this brand they just the,
0: you know the cars speak for themselves and the majority of your customers are they people that are buying them to race them or are they track day customers and how many people want to stick number plates on the front of back and drive them on the road
6: Uh,
8: We we tend to move away from the the road-registered stuff just because regulations nowadays, it's so difficult. Um, And yet you're sort of compromising what we do on the track, so we we focus purely on the track stuff. Um, So, yeah, majority of our customers buy them to race in the various Radical Series. Uh, We have a a very strong presence in the US uh, where they have these these automotive country clubs. Um, I think the closest we have here is probably Ascari, uh, in Europe but in, in the US they are everywhere and, and, and the Radical seems to be the, the car of choice for country clubs so <laughs> places like Spring Mountain in, in Nevada they've got over 100 Radicals in their members condos so it's um, yeah it's, it's the ultimate track toy but also it's a, a very credible stepping stone for young guys that are coming out of karting maybe you know they want to go into prototype racing you know their, their journey to Le Mans and this is a great way to learn about handling a car with proper proper downforce
3: is your background in motorsport is can we ever expect to see you behind
8: uh, it is i've I'm always been the marketing guy though uh, so i'm yeah i just come up with the hashtags <laughs> and you know pretty pictures and stuff really but yeah i've always, i've i was with porsche for a long time um so it's great to be with a, a british brand mm. and you know we're all diehard petrol heads which just yeah. makes it fantastic and to see a british brand doing well mm. Uh, mm. it's great i think it's you know i kind of joke that we make awesome race cars but we're terrible at marketing and i'm the head of marketing but um, (laughs) I've only been there for a few months, so I can say that. Um, But, yeah, I think it's a great story that we need to shout about and be proud. Yeah, Yeah, what the guys do is awesome.
0: And let's quickly talk through some of the stats of the car, because, of course, we're we're surrounded here by millions and millions of pounds worth of supercars and hypercars built with carbon fibre monocoques and engines built in dust-free chambers.
4: Mm.
0: What are the stats on this, and are we in that same sort of league of... Hyperpower.
8: Yeah, it's, it's very it's very pure race car we have here. So the, the actual concept hasn't changed since the company was founded 25 years ago. Um, it's 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 a, this one here is a, a the engine started out as a superbike engine. We then completely take it apart, rebuild the engine in house as well. Um, and so it's very lightweight. This this one here, the SR3, the, the latest generation, it it only weighs 630 kilograms. Yet we've got 226 horsepower. So the power-to-weight ratio is, is, you know, very good. Um, and all the aero means you can just keep going around the corners when, you know, all these other fancy things have to obviously slow down. Um, yeah, th- that's what the radicals are all about. It's just bringing a big smile to people's faces, whether you're uh, first time stepping up from karting or, or, you know, F1 drivers we've had in the car, and they, they absolutely love it. Just the feedback you get from the cars is, is so, you know, it's you and the car on the track, yeah.
3: What's the importance of you being at somewhere like Salon Privé? Is it more of a reminder to people? Is it, you know, every time, again, people walk by and are taking photos. Um, I've seen a couple of kids want to have their photos taken next to them. So, obviously, it's a name people love and respect.
8: Yeah, I, I think we, we see a lot of our customers that, you know, they... To, to get into most, it's, it's it's an expensive hobby. Mm-hmm. So they may have all these other cars in their collection, but they race radicals. So we thought, well, you know, we might meet some other future customers here as mm-hmm. well. So it's, it's a great place to be, and um, the you can't beat the backdrop really. So even for our customers all around the world to see the radicals in front of a palace in the UK, it's it's just great, great images. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have great conversations with people, and
0: yeah, fantastic. And and do you think do you think anyone will buy one this weekend? I'm sure
8: they will, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're selling close to 200 a year. Wow. Um, the UK market is very strong for us, obviously. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll meet a lot
0: of um, potential customers here. It's a good place. I, I feel like this is one of the events. If you've got the cash, you're walking around, mm. there's a lot of easy ways to just go, ooh, that's, that, that's <laughs> not an alarmingly large amount of money. I can definitely... Yeah. acquire one of those yes. and have a play yeah. uh, and with the champagne on, t- yeah. on tap as well <laughs> yeah, that exactly. kinda helps. Yeah, you are very conveniently located yeah. next yeah, to a champagne stand place, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I'll buy ten of them <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: just get them to sign it before they yeah. walk away exactly. brilliant well John have a great few days it's great to see the brand is here yeah. as you say and and so fitting in with some of the most exclusive rare and rare supercars and hypercars around the world somehow you know, our little British brand is, uh, is is shining through as well, isn't it? It's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. The Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital. One of the brands that I really wanted to have a look at when we arrived this morning, they weren't here because I think they got delayed, like a few car manufacturers did. They got delayed with customs because obviously Salon Privé the weekend that it falls on is the previous event is Pebble Beach in California. So obviously, a lot of cars then need to come over customs being customs there was a bit of a delay and that is the deus uh, a fairly new car brand uh, the deus vienna is or the Vn is the car that we're now looking at it has now arrived full ev i'll be honest with you Rach. i don't know anything about this car other than the fact that it looks pretty cool and i think we should go and find out more what do you reckon
3: i'd say yes it looks pretty cool and it looks expensive
0: it does look expensive yeah. i couldn't i couldn't guess though no. What are you, any any predictions?
3: Oh, I'm useless at this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, it must be, uh, uh, what, 700 more.
4: Mm, okay, there you go. let's I'm find being, out.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, but we'll see, we'll see.
10: So my name is Ardian Philip Butuka and I'm the head of design at Deus.
0: Well, this is quite exciting. Rachel and I have walked over mm-hmm. to a corner of Salon Prive, which this morning when we arrived was empty. And I understand that the, uh, the space has now been filled by a car that got stuck in customs,
10: is that right? Exactly, because this car comes right from Pebble Beach Concord d'Elegance in the US, from the Monterey Car Week, so we brought it directly from there to the UK to catch Salon Privé. In this sense, we were the latest arrival to the show. <laughs>
0: Nothing like arriving fashionably late, that's what I'd say. I think it's a, it's a way to make an appearance. Now, what can you tell us about this car? Because Deus is a brand that, for many people, will be brand new. A lot of people won't have heard of it, won't know much about it. What can you tell us about this amazing-looking car?
10: We can tell you that this amazing-looking car, thank you for the compliment, um, combines the best of the both worlds, from performance and functionality, design and interaction. What I'm talking about is that this car... Um, packs up 2,250 horsepower, but as you can see, it's not an extreme car, extreme looking car. The design is simple, fluid, timeless and also functional. In the interior we have a, a um, spacious habitat, it's not, uh, it's not cramped up because it's not a track monster. It's a car that is intended for uh, daily use, of course as much as a hypercar allows, it's not a limousine. Uh, don't expect it to behave it that way, but um, it's um, focused and geared on uh, practicality, daily driving, and also having fun with it. Mm. We've built in the active sound system. Oh, wow. Is that what we can hear now? Exactly. Wow! What a coincidence! When I was talking, <laughs> what, when I was talking about it, my colleagues just uh, started it up. Um, this is made to enhance the driving emotion and uh, the general emotion of the car because what good when you have 2250 horsepower and they sound like nothing what good when you accelerate 0 to 100 0 to 60 in uh, less than two seconds if it doesn't sound like anything
0: incredible so talk to me about the powertrain of this so as you say we have got that artificial noise plumbed in because i'm assuming this is all pure ev
10: exactly 100 percent ev powertrain Um, um, from Williams Advanced Engineering right here in the UK the car itself is being made and built and developed at Ital Design Giugiaro in Torino while we at Deus from Austria in Vienna are um, occupying ourselves with the design and the branding of the car the powertrain since you asked uh, we've got three motors two in the back, one in the front Each axle is individually um, driven, this means you can drive with the back, with the front or with both axles, however you you prefer at that moment. If you want to drive full range, you drive only with the front on a light cruise. If you want to spin around and uh, drive really sporty, you drive with the back only (laughs) and for the full performance uh, with all four wheels amazing and what sort of range
0: are we looking at if, uh, if from best case to scenario to i want to have fun scenario
10: what uh, what, what can we expect from a full charge so uh, from a full charge we are uh, currently targeting uh, 500 kilometers wow that would be 310 miles um in a scenario where you push the throttle <laughs> um i really cannot say because it depends on weather conditions driving behavior it's, uh, uh, the sky is the limit, or maybe Earth is the limit. If you, start, if you start down, if you start up from the sky, then Earth is the limit.
0: And um, the big question, what does it cost?
10: The price is around 2.7 million. Okay. Only 99 units are going to ever be made.
0: Wow. So a very exclusive opportunity for people that want to drive something that not many other people are Mm. driving. I was
3: going to say, by looking inside, you you mentioned before there's a lot of space. It's very spacious, isn't it? Was that important for you when it came to the design, the the element of
10: comfort? Exactly. It was the ground base Mm. of the design. This was the starting point, the reference point uh, of the design, that we want to have a car with this kind of performance but that you can actually drive and enjoy it as much as possible. So Mm -hmm. not only on a Sunday, once a month, you say, okay, I'm going to take my track vehicle. I'm not going to name many of them. (laughs) Uh, That uh, you cannot step into them really Mm. easily. Uh, They can also be fun. They have their own philosophy, but just for Sunday, once a month. This car, we intended to be as comfortable as it can get fantastic
0: fantastic well it's fantastic to see it's obviously the first time we've ever seen it here in the flesh i guess it's the first time it's ever stepped foot into the uk as well exactly
10: this is this right here is the uk debut of this car fantastic
0: well we wish you all the best of luck over the next few days hopefully you'll find uh, a few people that attempted to put down some deposits i can certainly see why people would i think it's a fantastic looking car once again for those of you listening if you want to see what the car looks like have a look onto our social feeds today and we'll be releasing the uh, photographs from each of the cars that we're talking about and the dais is this beautiful white car with the uh, orange thunderbolt logo it looks absolutely fantastic and uh, as the head of design i think you should be very proud i think it looks fantastic
10: Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity, and it was a pleasure to talk to you. Oh,
0: hi, Rachel.
10: Oh, oh, there you are.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've um, I've just gone AWOL for uh, about half an hour or so because yeah. I went off to actually with a task in hand. I was off to create some content, doing some filming. I got tooted from behind, uh, which is very unusual for me, and uh, yeah, I got picked up in a nineteen uh, twenties Bentley. Uh, and disappeared for a bit. Uh, uh,
3: you did more than just got picked up. You were part of the the competition, the voting, and I believe you were a class winner. I yeah. hate you. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh yeah the, the the Bentley that I and I promise you it was not planned. Uh, the Bentley that I got picked up in by my good friend Johnny Shears. Uh, yeah, we ended up on the platform. Uh, the car itself won best in class, first prize, massive bottle of champagne oh my and a trophy. God. Um, which was great. So apologies that we got separated in that, in that fashion. It's just, uh, it's just how I roll, Rage.
3: I have so much hate for you right now. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Um, how did you enjoy the Concorde judging? Is this, a, is this a completely new world to you?
3: Yes, it's incredibly British, isn't it? <laughs> like, very... I didn't realise. And also, all the judges, they, they're they all wearing the same Panamas. They've got the same coloured Navy jackets on. They're, they're clones of each other. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And why is there so many?
0: It's a good question. I <laughs> guess they'll have different experts in different fields of cars of certain eras or certain marks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they'll just all be there en masse to, yeah, yeah come up with the the best of something and whatever class I was in I won I say I won I obviously can't take any credit at all not my car I just happened to be sat in the back of it Um, but you could say I was part of the journey
3: you were definitely I know you could say you were part of Salem Privé like John Markar is Salem Privé
0: <laughs> what I loved was they, they said uh, right if you get a trophy look out to your right make sure the trophy is visible uh, so that we can take photos <laughs> uh, which of course we did and then I suddenly realised that I'm in the one I'm the one in the back of the car holding the trophies oh. for the photos so yeah there we go that, uh, that was good fun yeah. anyway um, I'd say let's <laughs> let's have another quick walk around and I think we're always it's almost time to wrap up yeah, it's just been a whirlwind of, a, yeah. of an episode. It's always hard to judge how these episodes sound at the time of recording them because, of course, we are ultimately just walking around with a microphone trying to describe things that people can't see in a very visual world. But I, I think it's been OK. Have you enjoyed it?
3: I have. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been a great day. Thank you.
0: Oh, you're very
4: welcome.
0: <laughs> it's not like I've invited you, you know, we've, we got press tickets. Uh, but let's have another walk around. We'll see if there's anything else that jumps out to us. And then, I guess... Uh, We'll probably call it a day. So, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap things up at some point and then go and put our feet up for a well-earned rest. You're pointing at something. A helicopter.
3: You, po- off you
0: want to go and look at a helicopter. Yeah. Right, so, yeah, at Salon Privé, the car that's the show that celebrates cars, we are off to look at a helicopter. Yeah. Well, Rachel Downey, we have come to the end of our episode. I don't know, even I couldn't even guess at how long this episode has been. <laughs> I don't think it's been one of our marathon ones, but it's been... Quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of steps and walking around. In fact, look at this for timing. So the, we started this podcast. The second interview we did was with Nanny, the uh, driver of the Dakar Pro Drive car, and he's just come back from one of his test drives. He's going to try and run us over. What a beast of a thing! But what a fitting end. <laughs> we were almost killed at the end of our episode. <laughs> That's
3: so true. I wasn't going to stop.
0: He <laughs> had that alarming <laughs> smile of his, I know how close I was. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's us done. We're standing right now mm. looking at the beautiful yeah. courtyard garden of Blenheim Palace, yeah. having just walked around and stared at some lovely cars and taken lots of lovely photos and talked to some very lovely people. How How's it been for you? Another one of your motoring event firsts.
3: I thoroughly enjoyed it. I feel like we've had a summer's day out. <laughs> do you know that? I really do. It's... It's just been glorious. Everything. Everything from obviously the cars, the atmosphere. It's so well organised down to the music. It's just brilliant. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Very good. I'm very, very pleased. We've been very (laughs) lucky with the weather. Um, Great selection of people. Our thanks again uh, to David Bagley and of course Andrew and all the organisers at Salon Privé for inviting us along today to capture some content. I hope that we've done it justice because it is such a... It's such a spectacle of an event and it's often so hard to, as I said earlier, figure out whilst recording a podcast like this, if it's working and if we're actually capturing the atmosphere of it. So I hope you've enjoyed it, I really do. Don't forget, you can see a lot of the cars, if not all the cars that we've been talking about on this week's episode that will be released throughout this week on the social media channels as well. So make sure you're following us at Driven Chat on Instagram so you'll be able to see all of the images, a couple of video clips going up this week whilst... You can enjoy this episode. For now, we will round off. It's worth saying that if you are listening to this in chronological order and in real time, there is a very slight chance that we will be skipping an episode next week. Uh, It's not for sure, but there is a chance that we won't have an episode next week um, unless we do. And in that case, what I've said is irrelevant. And (laughs) you'll be pleased to know that there's another episode coming next week. Uh, But if not, it will be a week or so afterwards that you hear our delightful voices. We have a jam-packed September including events like the Goodwood Revival, which we'll obviously be doing another walk-around episode of that, talking to lots of interesting people. Um, An awful lot to cram in as well with regards to press cars. We've got a couple of minis being delivered. I've got a Bentley being delivered. There's going to be an awful lot of content coming to you this month, the month of September in 2022. Uh, But in the meantime, I'm going to disappear off to Tuscany for a little week's holiday. So um, because of that... I might be throwing a bit of a spanner in the works and taking a break from the podcast as well, just for one week. So, yeah, that leaves us to say thank you so much for listening, as ever. We really appreciate your time. If you'd like to leave us a lovely review on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to do so. If you'd like to subscribe there as well, that does great things for our algorithm, machine, computer, supercomputer that none of us understand. In this, likewise, for Spotify as well, you can rate us and follow us on Spotify as well. If you're able to do that, that would be much appreciated. Don't forget, we also bring you video content on YouTube, so you can go and subscribe to that. And... For a little bit longer, we have a radio show on TalkSport 2 that you can enjoy if you are a UK listener to digital radio. I will leave, as I often do, the closing words to our very own Rachel Downey. Rachel, how would you like to end today's podcast?
3: Um, Inspire the people. I'd like to end it with eat, sleep, drink, repeat. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. Thank you.
0: Eat, sleep, drink, repeat. (laughs) a motoring podcast (laughs) if you would like to be a (laughs) co-host on the driven chat podcast please write to us at driven chat Uh, thanks very much for listening go and have a drink Uh,
4: thanks
2: the driven chat podcast in association with paramex digital you dream it we bring it to life
0: find out oh wow you've made it to the end the